you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by MyBookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, and I thought Monday was the worst <laughs> of the worst, and here we go, uh, rolling into Tuesday. I know. I, I I missed one day, Mike, and the damn <laughs> SEC goes to shit. <laughs> so, yeah. That, like, well, Shane's going to take a break. Why don't, why don't we all take a break <laughs> this weekend? <laughs> so, obviously, on our last show, it was a solo show. Shane missed it, but uh, the big news Auburn at Mississippi State had been postponed. That's going to be pushed back to December 12th. Sam Pittman tested for the COVID. And now it turns out on Tuesday, Arkansas has announced that Pittman tests again. And he he does have the COVID still. It's not one of those Nick Saban. They don't have the Alabama Nick Saban test down in Fayetteville just yet. <laughs> we might want to double check the SEC officiating, see if, they're, if there's a ruling on the field. But... Uh, so Sam Pittman officially out for this Florida game. That sucks. And just when you think it can't get any worse, Alabama at LSU postponed. Texas A&M at Tennessee postponed. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, is reporting that uh, the Vanderbilt-Kentucky game's 50-50, if that happens or not. And then Missouri was scheduled to meet with the media here on Tuesday, and that was pushed. And according to Power Mizzou, they were the first ones to report it. It's because Mizzou's got COVID issues. So. <laughs> so hopefully we still have those games. Nothing official yet. But uh yeah, it's just it's been so a what, it's been a rough, rough uh, week here. So just a quick recap there. What games are are still on right now? So the ones officially still on. We got Arkansas traveling to Florida mm-hmm. without Sam Pittman, of course. Yeah. We got South Carolina at Ole Miss. Could be the last game ever for Will Buschamp. <laughs> Vanderbilt 
at Kentucky. That's officially still on. And then Georgia at Missouri. So those are still on. So we still oh, okay. we still got some games. games here. I mean, yeah. that's that's what we had last week, two, four games. So we're hoping that those, um, you know, all are in effect here. The, the only major hiccup here, Shane, Alabama and LSU. Now, that's been officially postponed, like I said, but LSU's already had the Florida game postponed, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So there's really not a spot to put this Alabama-LSU game. So it sucks to say we may just lose it altogether. Jeez. And that was going to be the CBS game this week. There was the Masters and the CBS-SEC uh, game. This will be the first Saturday in the fall since 1995 that CBS has not had an SEC game of the week. They may have to rework the schedule all around, but uh, uh-huh. if they don't, we, we're not going to get this Alabama-LSU game. Golly, I don't know what I'm going to do without a week of Gary Danielson, Mike. You know? I don't... <laughs> this is shaping up pretty, pretty sweet weekend. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually a terrible weekend. Uh, as you know, uh, the flying Hawaiian, my brother, Cousin Joe, he is, uh, he is, he is touched down today. We're going to go pick them up. We're going to get drunk at some Mexican bar, uh, Mexican food. and, and drink. I don't even know if there's a bar there, but we'll make it one. And then, uh, uh, you know, we had all these plans this weekend. Cleared it out, man. I, I think I'm cursed. I, I, that's all it is. Of course, obviously I am. I can't gamble. I can't even pick tennis matches right, you know. And then my brother was coming in. We're going to we're gonna watch the Texas A&M game. Well, guess what, Mike? That ain't happening. <laughs> it's just like, Damn. Can't win for losing. But, you know, the fact of the matter is we knew that this was always a possibility. We we knew. I mean, if, if I could have told you when when it was all doom and gloom in July that, that we would have six weeks of football in the SEC, you'd be thrilled mm-hmm. because there was, there was a real opportunity we weren't going to have any game. So uh, the fact we've gone this long without – any major setbacks I think is, is extremely impressive. Uh, maybe, maybe a hard reset and a, you know, uh, a little bubble action is what we need. This is, this is flu season, man. This is, I mean, this is when they expected it to go back up. So if, if we've just got to move a few games back and we're still going to get some action on the weekends, I, I think I'm still good with it, Mike. Yeah. And I'm glad you went in that direction, Shane, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of, um, you know, doom and gloom people and, saying, you know, this why we shouldn't have football or, or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the hell they're going to say. How about this, Shane? I'm going to do a twist on it. I know we're all disappointed we're losing these games for this weekend. I have prepared a positive spin for wow. every single team here that we've lost a game. How's that sound? Spin zone. <laughs> all right, first, Shane, I'm going to start with Texas A&M. Now that, uh, you know, they're not traveling to Tennessee this week, but look at it this way, Shane. The college football playoff, hell, we're we're already talking about the Aggies and Jimbo's getting questions about the college football playoff committee and all this. And if Alabama keeps winning, there's obviously no way that the Aggies can play in the SEC title game. Right. But these playoff committee... And it's you know it's been shown in the past they are more swayed if if you want to say by what happened you know in the lead up to the rankings and all that. If this game had not been pushed back, Texas A and M was looking at two weeks without playing a game, and you know we're gonna get 
looks like Alabama and Florida playing in the in the meantime. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get, you know, Ohio State in their game, Clemson in their game. So this could really work in Texas A&M's favor to where they're not sitting it out for two weeks here. They're going to have a lead up just like the rest of those teams. Unfortunately, it's going to come against your ball shade, but you you better believe Texas A&M, you know, say they're sitting at number four or number five or number three or, or whatever their ranking was going to be. They're going to go into this game December 12th as it's currently scheduled. And they're going to be saying, hey, we have to really put a hurting on Tennessee. This is going to be our final opportunity to sell ourselves to the college football playoff committee. We'll have one final opportunity. So I think if you look at it that way, Shane, I think this is that's a that's a good way you could spin it in the favor of uh, the Texas A&M Aggies. What do you think about that? Well, it's a Tennessee ball homer. I don't really like that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an upset weekend in my opinion, but <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping we got a quarterback situation hammered out by the end. But uh, to be completely honest, Mike, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I like the spin zone, I, but Texas A&M, I don't, I don't. They're hitting on all cylinders, man. I, I this we're trying to stay positive. I just, yeah, there I, you I go, just, careening off okay, down the negative. Out. I'm trying to. This is as positive as I can make it here, Shane. <laughs> I don't want to Gary Danielson this thing, but uh, I just want to tell you, Mike, I just I think that a week off was was not what they needed right now because they are hitting on all cylinders. But it's an extra week to, to eat that rat poison, Mike. You got to be careful. You got to turn off that Twitter machine and and hopefully they don't get on them clippings and, and, and thinking that they've made it because you're right. They have got to uh they got to come out and they got to win and they got to win impressively like they did against South Carolina to get because it's going to come down that's one thing it's going to come down to not an SEC team it's going to come down to them boys up north or it's going to be one of them coastal teams and then we're going to be sitting there like well how many SEC teams can we put in there can we put Texas A&M I mean they lost to Alabama and and if Alabama loses the SEC championship I'm just saying that they're going to say well we can't we can't put them in there, you know. They're just going to put connect the dots. But if you're able to beat a team, because Tennessee is not, I mean, they're not good right now. They're really not. And I expect them to rebound. And by the time these two face again, Tennessee's still a national brand. And it is something that a lot of people are going to take witness to if, uh, you know, if they beat them and beat them, beat them bad. So you, you're right. I, I'm going to go with you. Spin zone here. That could be uh this could be a good a blessing in disguise. All right, spin zone for Tennessee, Shane. This is the moment you've been waiting for here. It's starting to look a little bit like Jeremy Pruitt finally embracing Harrison Bailey. Mm-hmm. Now he'll have extra time to prepare. Yeah. And it like, you know, it's not gonna be against Texas AM that's playing so well. It's gonna be against Auburn, which Still a very good team, but I think you'd much rather face Auburn than you would Texas A&M at the moment. Potentially, Harrison Bailey getting extra weeks to prepare, and you kind of you jump the the gun here. You kind of <laughs> stole my thunder here, but hell, Tennessee can't be playing any worse than they're playing right now. So, would yeah. you want to play Texas A&M now, or would you? I know people are, are going to be rolling their eyes when I say this, but there's a chance Tennessee gets this thing rolling just like they did last year. 
Mm-hmm. They've always finished strong under Jeremy Pruitt. I know it's only been two years, but if they can get that momentum going, if they can, if they can get an upset or two here, get that momentum going into Texas A&M. Harrison Bailey potentially, you know, maybe he's your not only is he your future, he's your quarterback of this year, but we won't know till he till he gets out on the field. And you know, that's been the big thing. He's obviously no spring for him. He was in the right. COVID protocols during training camp, so he's just missing reps. And now we got two weeks to get him ready for the next game, get him all these reps. I think this is uh, really good. Well, you know, Tennessee, you want to play, but if you weren't able to, this is looking like a lot of positives to the balls to me. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, I think this this is a perfect time to, to reset, recalibrate. We and, and you're right. I think I think he has moved on, you know. I don't know if he's finally reading my text messages or something. And he says, you know what, maybe maybe Shane's on to something here. <laughs> Muted me and Phil's uh, group text message there for a minute. But he's back, and uh, you're right. There was a there was an article that came out uh, on The Athletic. Uh, uh, fantastic little, little tidbit on Niles Gady. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys that op, uh, that ended up transferring, you know, going to the portal. But um, one of the things that he talks about in his exit interview there is 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 just how detrimental COVID was for this team. Um, you know, not not just fundamental stuff X's and O's, but also team leadership and, and things like that. And it feels like um, you know players are starting to buy in more and they're, you know, I know it's late, it's halfway through the season, but this is stuff that gets identified in spring practice. This is the stuff that you, that you, you filter out during fall, fall practice before the season starts. And, And Tennessee didn't have it just like a lot of these other programs didn't, but they were lost, man. It sounds to me like they were drifting out there in the desert. And these boys are finally, finally starting to see, you know, that, that they need guidance from each other. And uh, it sounds to me like there were a couple team leaders popping up there. So maybe that's what they need. They just need to recalibrate this week and um, and, and come out focused, finish the season strong. Mm-hmm. All right, next, uh, let's go to this other cancellation, Shane. LSU, I think the obvious one here, Miles Brennan. Yeah. If we can get him towards the tail end of December, I think that's going to make the world a difference. You know, the moment they uh, Coach O announced Miles Brennan was out for Alabama, that not that the Tigers had, you know, an outstanding chance in this game to begin with, but, I mean, that pretty much sealed it. And we think the world of uh, Tank Finley here, but his last game he got exposed a little bit, so I think he kind of proved he needs a little bit more time to be able to uh, handle a lot of these SEC defenses going to be thrown at him. So if LSU's got any chance in this game – it's going to be because Miles Brennan wins a shootout. I mean, who knows? I mean, Mac Jones has not had – I know I've uh, – I questioned him all offseason. I look like a damn fool. He's, he's one of the most, if not the most productive quarterback in the nation this year. But we still have yet to see – and not saying that we would, but we've not seen like a meltdown game from him or uh, – hell, remember the Iron Bowl, he threw a couple pick sixes. If he does something right. like that against LSU and Miles Brennan is heating up and all these weapons for the Tigers playing well – I'm giving them an outside shot to pull that upset. So uh, I think this could be good news for LSU in, in that aspect as well. Oh, for sure. I, I guarantee you asked 
Nick Saban, if he told you the truth, he'd rather play these boys now than he would at the end of the season. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to make out for a great game. I think a better game toward the end of the year and uh, on both sides of the ball because, you know, Alabama's dealing with some injuries too. So I I think this is good for both these programs just to to repair some ailments. Now here's my positive spin for Alabama, Shane. If this game is canceled, which it's – you know, the way it's currently scheduled, it's looking like that's probably going to happen unless, like I said, the SEC, they may have to – I think they're really going to work hard. Like they may move the Iron Bowl or, or move some of these other games just to get these in. Yeah. So I'm not writing this Alabama-LSU off right now, but let's we can only go with what we have to work with right now. So let's say it's obviously it's been postponed this week and it's not going to be played. And if it's not able to be made up, I know Alabama fans, they really want that revenge. They want to beat up on LSU. But if it's not, I think that's good news in in this aspect, Shane. Alabama's, just like everybody, they're playing a 10-game SEC schedule. Mm -hmm. They're likely going to play in the SEC title game. So we're talking 11 SEC games before the playoff. (laughs) And as well as Alabama is playing as deep as they are, you know, I'm not questioning their number one ranking, but... You talk about telling the truth. I bet you if Nick Saban, if he was being honest, if they said, hey, would you like, you know, minus one more game off his schedule before you go into this playoff gauntlet, I bet you he would say, I'll take that extra bye week because this is a damn grind, even if you're Alabama. So that's my spin zone for Alabama. One less game of wear and tear on their body before, because look at it, they're playing Auburn and Arkansas, Kentucky mm-hmm. down the stretch. I know they're not going to be – Kentucky will be a massive underdog in that game, but that's a tough physical team. They always take the most out of Georgia. Remember that Georgia game? Hell, they knocked out half the damn team, it seemed like. So yeah. I think Alabama is going to want all the rest they can get heading into, like I said, that gauntlet, adding Florida, Clemson, Ohio State, whoever the hell they got to play. You know what? Yeah. Well, I mean, and what does the SEC ultimately want? They want a team to to not only be a contender, but to win the national championship like they did last year. That that says that does more for your brand than playing ten games. So I'm with you. You, you saw it in the off season when they did adjust these schedules. They kind of catered a little bit more toward Alabama mm-hmm. uh, because of that reason. I, I'm a firm believer in it. And so, yeah, I think when it comes crunch time. If they've got to remove this game, they're more than willing to because how can you keep Alabama out if they've got nine wins and not ten? And, you know, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, Shane, but this is something I didn't even know until I looked this up just a moment ago. But like Ohio State, they've only got eight games. So if they make it to the playoff, like what? So Alabama's going to play 11 and and they got to play it. Like, I don't know. This that's kind of crazy to me. Oh, don't get me started on that one, Mike. Okay, okay, We're sorry, trying to sorry. stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this for Auburn? Look at it this way. I know the way they're playing, they would have loved to face a struggling Mississippi State team. They were big favorites in that one, so I understand that aspect of it. But look at Auburn's final games here, Shane. Tennessee, which struggling, I know, but they're talented, and they've got physical, physical linemen. Next game, Alabama, next game, Texas A&M. I mean, that's a damn gauntlet right there for Auburn. So 
kind of similar to Alabama. You minus one more game off your schedule just for the time being. That Mississippi State game will come at the end of these, but I bet you if you ask Gus Malzahn, you want to add an extra SEC game before you go into this three-game gauntlet here, or do you want to push that to the end? He'll tell you every time he wants that at the end because Auburn's season is not going to be defined by if they can beat Mississippi State. It's going to be defined whether they can win the Iron Bowl. And then here we got Texas A&M emerging. you got to give them your best shot. This is a team you beat last year. Your yeah. your quarterbacks in his sophomore year, it, it looks like a better offense. you got to beat the Aggies. you got to keep them under your thumb. And uh, I think with another week of rest, that potentially will help Auburn uh, before they have to face Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, and an extra week to prepare for that juggernaut Tennessee volunteer team, you know. <laughs> they could go ahead and start their halftime adjustments because we're not. But uh... <laughs> and hell, Remember the last time they played? Uh, same deal, Tennessee on the road, underdog, yeah. got out coached by Jeremy Pruitt. So that that's one where Auburn can't be uh, overlooking Tennessee either, I don't think. No, of course not. Of course not. I just thought it was funny that you got Texas a and we got good news. Well, I don't want to say good news because it's not good news. I don't like this COVID stuff. But Texas A&M was about to limp into this game. So, you know, gambling Shane's like, I like that as far as the spread. But <laughs> but I, I wasn't really wasn't expecting to win. But, it, you know, I don't know. I'm always that way. I'm, I'm so optimistic. When it comes to they, can, they can hurt me one week, man. And I'm right back on the wagon the next week. But, uh then, and then you're like, well, then Auburn's game gets canceled. It's like, oh, shit, they got an extra week to prepare for us in Harrison Bailey. So um, I I don't know. I, I think you're right. And a week off sucks for fans, but it, it's, it, can, it helps the team. We, we saw this last year with the two bye weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were hoping that that would continue because it felt like the te- a lot of the, the players stayed healthier. Um, and they weren't even doing 10 SEC games. So um, I we should get used to this because I really think it should be the norm where we have multiple bye weeks and, uh, and uh, I just – I hate the fluctuation. But it also if, – if I'm being a devil's advocate here, if we're being positive, Mike, is I, I hope this changes things. I really do because old SEC scheduling, you know, teams – 15 years out that's ridiculous we, we're able to move these things around with weeks notice we should be able to to do our schedules like that moving forward because things change you may schedule a a clemson tiger team now but when they find out dabo's been cheating and they shut the program down you know <laughs> nobody wants to play clemson it doesn't look good so then you, you know i'm saying it's just we shouldn't be doing that further out. And I just, I, I hope this is a real eye opener. And, and if we could take anything from 2020 is that we need more SEC games. We need more, we need high caliber uh, opponents. We don't need these cupcake teams. Uh, you can still some of these teams from, from power five conferences and, and make it entertaining, especially when you can match it with a team that's maybe on the up and up and they need an SEC uh, battle to, to, to pad their resume. So I don't know. I, I just, I, if we're playing spin zone, I just think this whole season should be an eye opener for the SEC. Mm-hmm. All right, final uh, spin zone here for Mississippi State, who was set to host Auburn, and obviously things are rough right mm-hmm. now in Starkville. But hey, this is another week. It's going to let Mike Leach and company find out who's bought in 
who's ready to get the hell out of there. I mean, it seems like every week they're losing at least somebody here. And, you know, the biggest thing, of course, you know, they're still working out. They're trying to figure out who the starting quarterback should be. And KJ Costello, is he healthy? Is he not after his concussion? This is going to give him more time. This is going to give the freshman Will Rogers more time. And uh, Mike Leach has said, you know, all week this was going to be a 50-50 deal. We're going to decide it by game time. Now they got a two extra or an extra week to kind of figure that all out. So from that aspect as well, I think it helps Mississippi State. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I think so. And, you know, this extend your winning streak right here. You know, I wish I could go two weeks with a winning streak. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I think this is another team similar to a couple programs we've already talked about that that another week is, is really what they need. And uh, you got a young quarterback that you're trying to break in. This is a great time to to get back to fundamentals, to do a little bit more film study, figure out what's going wrong. Because there's a lot going wrong with Mississippi State right now. And and maybe just a little a little extra time in, in, in individual drills, they can they can fix some of the problems that, that they keep stumbling on because they're not in sync. This will give them another another week to kind of kind of get in order with them Mm -hmm. all right Shane so I'm ready to move on from COVID we got a couple games to preview you ready to get to that let's do it now let's go around the league league. my my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald so uh, (laughs) I'm gonna wear a hat from here on out I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, so uh, the big game now of the weekend, one I already kind of had circled as the one I was most looking forward to anyway, Arkansas at Florida. Gators obviously coming off a huge win. You know, everyone's writing it off that they've already punched their ticket to Atlanta, but, hell, they still got to win some games here, Shane. If they think they can just coast towards the back end of their SEC schedule, I yeah. mean, imagine how pissed off fans are going to be if somehow Kirby Smart and Georgia still slide into that uh, SEC championship. But it's got to start here with Arkansas. This is probably the team on Florida's schedule that could sneak up on them the most outside of maybe potentially LSU. So uh, that's a challenge for the Gators heading into this matchup. And then if you're the Razorbacks, I mean – at this point, you know, this would have been, I think even Razorback fans would have laughed you off if, if you would have said they got a chance against Florida in the swamp with uh, uh, this team. But at this point, I don't think they think anything uh, can is, is off the table the way Sam Pittman and company have, have got these players playing. Do you? No, I'm with you, Mike. Ar- Arkansas is not afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think so. I I, that that was that was answered week one when they went against Georgia Bulldogs. These guys are are ready for the challenge and they're willing to fight anybody. And you're going to get their absolute best every time. Yeah, I think so. And 
uh, like I've said, like many people have said, Sam Pittman, he's already got this damn coach of the year locked up. I know he's not going to be at this game, unfortunately, but uh, if his team manages to get this one, I mean, we need to just stop the charade and just hand the damn <laughs> SEC coach of the year trophy to him. Probably the national. He's probably going to win national coach of the year uh, if they pull this one off. So uh, let's kick it over to Sam Pittman, Shane, who talked about Florida and the challenge that the Gators present and particularly singled out Kyle Pitts and because uh, the Razorbacks had a lot of trouble with Jalen Watermeyer and Kyle Pitts is just on another level. And then finally on Felipe Franks and his return to the swamp and just how this uh, Razorback fan base has embraced their quarterback. Yeah, Coach, what concerns you with Florida? And then it looks like there potentially could be another hurricane that might uh, impact this football game, uh, like the remnants of the one that impacted the, the Auburn game earlier this season. You talking about a hurricane from the University of Florida or like a real hurricane? No, no, a real hurricane. There's two of them. I mean, yeah, they, they are they are really good. I understand. I'm I'm teasing. Hey, coach. So much has been made of Felipe going back to the swamp. I know he tends to keep his emotions at bay, but do you have to say anything different? Have you all talked about that, or maybe trying to keep that off limits? No, and Jordan, to be honest with you, that's the most disappointing thing about this darn COVID because I want to go back there with him. And that's, that's the most, to this point, this, that's the most disappointing thing. But uh, he'll play well. Um, you know, Felipe knows how confident we are in him. And uh, I think he'll play well. He's, he's got the demeanor, the mentality to handle going back to Florida. He knows he's a valuable part of our offense, but we have other parts. I think he just knows if he goes and does his job well, we'll have an opportunity to move the ball and score some points. But I'm excited for him to go back, and obviously I hope I'm able to go with him. Yeah, Sam, this question is about Felipe and his maturity level. I think at Florida, the word I heard is that the critics got to him and it, like he responded to some criticism and stuff. What have you seen from him from that part of it, the maturity and the mental makeup? Well, A, Arkansas hadn't treated him that way. I mean, Arkansas hasn't been critical of him, and uh, they shouldn't be. I mean, the guy came in here and has done a great job for us. Um, I don't know if Florida was or not, but I know we haven't been. You know, everything I say to Felipe Franks is positive, everything. Um, Even if it's negative, I find a positive way to say it Um, because – uh, I believe in him, and the team believes in him. And and if you, yeah, if he feels that, I think he's a better football player. And uh, so that's our approach with him, and and he's deserved that, and he's earned that. But um, I think he honestly, I think he's real proud of the coming here because of the way our fans have treated him. Coach, you mentioned Kyle Pitts already, but if if he's not able to go on Saturday, what does that take away from Florida? Um, And then um, you guys didn't handle Jalen Weidermeyer that well. How can you, how can you? uh, (laughs) Really? (laughs) He gave you a little bit of trouble. How can you uh, fix that this week with this tight end? Well, Pitts is awesome. I mean, he's really, really good. But I tell you what, Gamble is really good. 
And then they had the uh, young guy, uh, uh, um, dad government, uh, Keon, anyway, number nine. And those guys have three of the best tight ends in the country on the same team. Because I was thinking, well, there's going to be a drop. Well, listen, there is a drop because Pitts is, is incredible. But not much. And so uh, are they going to throw? They have, you know, with Tony and the tight ends and the guys coming out of the backfield, they have so great a skill. And uh, so it's going to be difficult. But I'm sure Coach Odom will figure out a way. We're doing a home Zoom. My wife just walked in. <laughs> That's what who that was. Don't walk six feet close to me, though. All right, Shane. So I think there's a good bet. I'm kind of making this up, but I bet Gary Danielson makes his way to this game. <laughs> he, if he's not calling it for CBS, he'll just be calling it next to the the poor bastard that's standing next to him in the in the stands. You know what? But if he were to call it, he would. What if what if that was happening and they didn't know who Gary was? Like they're a lifetime season ticket holder. That's all they do. They have they never get on the TV. And they're like, who is this guy? Why won't he shut the hell up? <laughs> If Gary was calling this one, Shane, I bet he would have he would mention Felipe Franks and Florida Gators and and Dan yeah. Mullen about a thousand times. But that really is a big storyline going into this one. Yeah. Now, there's been photos of Franks. He's been spotted in a walking boot. I don't think that means anything about you know his availability being limited. I just think you know this has been a grind of a season, and he took some shots against Tennessee. But hell, he's got. A ton of heart. He's got a ton of talent. He's got the the ability to make some plays. And I think as as well as he played under Dan Mullen, I think this is the best football Felipe Franks has ever played. And you better believe he's going to be motivated. He's a team captain. He hell, he was named a team captain. wasn't even there for spring football. Uh, how much is this, you know, a storyline you're going to be watching? And just if he's already playing the best football of his life, as long as he doesn't get too emotional. You know, you well, think you think he could carry them to just some kind of like historic performance here? I mean, it's it's going to be Felipe Franks versus Kyle Trask next weekend. I, I think I think he hit the nail on the head there. Uh, and, and again, I don't know how Felipe is on the sidelines with his with his teammates, and I don't know how he is in a locker room. Clearly, he was voted a captain, so he does have the the tangible uh, attributes needed to to lead a to lead a program. But w- what I see on a field is a guy that is giving his all. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a Franks fan. I'm telling you right now, I've been on the receiving end of Felipe for three games and <laughs> it's not fun, but watching him play, the guy was banged up. He was clearly a little injured during, during this. I, I don't know if you saw where he got rolled up on his leg and, mm-hmm. and, and you thought, Oh no, you know, he's, he's not going to get to come back in, but damn Felipe came back in. <laughs> he's like, just tape it up. And this game against the Florida Gators is personal. And there's no way you can slice it. He, he got passed up because of an injury. And, uh, so and there was a lot of a lot of other stuff going on with the Florida Gators. So, but I I know that these players that are on Arkansas Razorbacks team, I, when I say they're playing with a lot of heart and soul, it's things like this. The 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 guys, the rest of the guys on this team are going to play harder because Sam's not there. The rest of them are going to play harder because this is a big game for their quarterback, their captain, their team leader. So 
Yeah, I, I guarantee you right now, Florida better not sleep on this team because the 110% that you've been see, seeing from the Razorbacks, you're going to get about 125 during this game. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it on down to the other side here where finally I got some quotes for uh, Dan Mullen here where, like I said, the Gators, I mean, the bigger, biggest challenge for them down the stretch is just going to be consistent and not celebrating too hard. And, you know, I don't really think that is going to be an issue, but you just never know with uh, the psychology of uh, these young players. That's kind of why college football is as great as it is, because you just don't know what's going to happen week to week. But And then you compound that with the fact that their All-American tight end, Kyle Pitts, questionable for this game, coming off of the, the massive hit. I would honestly be surprised if he plays in this game, just considering the fact, you know, it's not like – the Gators are going to be overlooking the Razorbacks, but right. since they have a two-game lead on Georgia, does it really make sense to roll this guy out there? And I, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it talk, when it comes to concussions. So <laughs> don't take my word for it. But I, from what I understand, you're more likely to get him the the sooner you go back out there. So you're going to need Kyle Pitts once you play in Alabama, an LSU, or a college football playoff. So I just think it's more important that we have Kyle Pitts down the road, so he's not officially been ruled out or anything, but I think that, and Florida's got so many weapons, I'm not trying to say they're not going to have any weapons, but that is potentially going to hurt him. So um, I don't know, what's what's the biggest concern that you have with the Gators here going into this matchup? And, and hell, while they have played good defense against uh, Missouri, it was, I don't really think they played that good a defense against Georgia. I thought it was more about Georgia you know, Stetson Bennett was making mistakes. Uh, players were dropping the ball. I don't know. I, I'm not saying Florida's defense is trash. I've been I've been the only guy in Todd Grantham's corner this whole year, so you know what I think of that guy. But um, <laughs> this is a matchup, I think, with, with all the weapons Arkansas has. They stand to uh, potentially be able to to score some points on the Gators, don't you think? Dude, here the, the fact of the matter is Florida Gators is coming off the biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. The, I mean – it was national stage. Nobody was expecting them to win, except for me and you. They they did. And not only did they win, they dominated. So my my natural concern, and, and I hate the word because it's it's used so many times, but or uh, words, plural, trap game. <laughs> because that's that's what you always think of when you have this natural high of, of an awesome victory. How many times do you see the following week Maybe maybe they don't lose, but they play it close, or a little too conservative, or they get a little too confident, a little too cocky. Maybe they're not studying as much during film. Maybe they're not preparing like they did for the Georgia Bulldog game. That's what concerns you. Uh, is just that natural letdown, and if they have that, I'm telling you because Arkansas's had this thing circled since the day Tennessee left. <laughs> you know, they have one, they have one mission, one goal, and that is to beat the Florida Gators because this is their opportunity to show the country who Arkansas Razorbacks are. So, um, I think that's, I think that's the message here. And I, and I'm, you know, Dan's a hell of a coach. I, I'm not expecting him to overlook, uh, Arkansas. Of course, if, if he, I mean, you watch 10 minutes of film, you realize what you're dealing with, but 
what about these young studs, you know, the ones that are in the papers now talking about how great they are. And, uh, I, I just, that's, that's my only concern is just that natural letdown. Mm -hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, coach Mullen who talks about uh, the latest on Kyle Pitts on seeing Felipe Franks once again, just on a different team and his legacy there at Florida on, uh, he talks about the, you know, the job Sam Pittman's doing coaching up his team. And then I really like this final one here on Florida, on if they have developed that killer instinct that Mullen's looking for from his teams. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dan, um, obviously, um, I, I, is it as simple with Kyle Pitts as that he has, has a yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll do that. You know what I, I do? Because like when we get in games now, if there are injuries in the game, I don't mind giving you guys injury reports because then I'm not disclosing medical issues. So Kyle, Kyle will be questionable this week, concussion. Uh, so he'll be questionable for the game this week. Uh, I, I think Jeremiah Moon went out with, with a foot injury. I, I think he'll be doubtful for us to play this week. And then uh, Stuart Reese will be questionable as well. He had a, uh, uh, some, a, a, a shoulder issue, but um, so, so Stu and, and Kyle will be questionable, and I think Moon will be doubtful for this week. Yeah, Dan, so what are you seeing from Felipe? I mean, he's, he's really efficient right now. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know, I think Felipe's a great quarterback. So uh, we had him for a, quite a long time. So I'm seeing what, you know, what you see out of him, a guy that has a, a high touchdown to interception ratio, uh, really strong arm. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a veteran player now played in the league. So the, the games and moments aren't, aren't too much for him. I know he's playing a kind of a newer offense to learn, but when you're an older veteran guy, I think you, you know, uh, you understand concepts, you understand coverages, you understand what's going on out there on the field. And he's picked it up really fast. Um, and I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's have, having, having a great year. And, uh, but, but I wouldn't have expected anything less than that from him. And, uh, you know, the, the Felipe, I know. And then when you look at what Sam's done, Sam Pittman's done at Arkansas, do you have an appreciation for that given what you did at Bowling Green, Utah, here twice, and, and even Mississippi State? Absolutely. I thought, you know, I mean, one of the things you go in, and he, he went into a program, he, he knows obviously knows how to win. Uh, and it's it's fun challenge. You know, you go into a program, and, and he's got them, you know, playing hard. Believing they got, they have some some really good defensive guys. You know, they they play to the strength of their secondary, uh, and they're one of the top interception teams in in the nation. They, they're physical, good tacklers. Linebackers are two excellent players, excellent excellent football players. Uh, and then they have disruptive defensive linemen up front on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they've you know they kind of they fit the offense in. I know you know they're going to run the ball well, uh, and obviously Felipe's running the offense pretty well on the uh, on the other side of the ball. And so uh, you know I think he he's he's came in he's he's done a great job of putting the guys in position to do what they do well and he's done even and also the great job one of the key is creating a winning mindset and if you see this year I mean they 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 play with that winning mindset and uh you know and have been really successful one of their friends just last one real quick for me on that when you look at what what would you say was Felipe Frank's legacy at Florida during your time with him here well, I, I, you know, I mean, I think he, uh, you know, came in and uh, I, I think before we got here and everything I understood, I mean, he had a rough go of it with, with the fan base, with everything going on. He came in and, and took a, a four-win team and led him to a New Year's Six Bowl victory uh, and a top-ten finish. And he helped the turnaround of the program. Uh, 
to make that happen, you know, and uh, so I think, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a foundation of a guy that came in and took a, took a bad situation and turned it into a really good one and helped build the foundation to put Florida back where, where everyone expects Florida to be as a top 10 national program. Hey coach, um, do you think your team has developed or is developing kind of, you know, that killer instinct to, to finish teams off? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we got to keep going. I mean, we've, uh, I think what, you know, I mean, we, we haven't been in those, uh, you know, kind of many crunch time games down the, at the end. Uh, so we got to see, you know, I mean, I think our team's done a really good job of knowing how to win and putting ourselves in a position to win the one that we did. We didn't, we didn't find a way to do, um, you know, we had an opportunity in a, in a, uh, a, a game at, at Texas A&M and, and uh, you know you're talking about a, a one possession game where they had the one possession more than we did and uh, we just weren't efficient enough and, and didn't didn't get the stop and, and not efficient enough offensively to finish the game that way uh, but I do think the team certainly has built the confidence and understanding of that there is confidence uh within the team about the defense. There is confidence within the team about the offense. Uh, there is confidence within the team about our specialists. I still think we have to get better special teams wise. You know, when I mean, when I talk about special teams, I talk about the all 11 guys on the field on a special teams play. I think we, there's some improvement we need to do. We need some guys to step up there uh, and continue to do that uh, and improve that way. But, uh, but I think they're certainly building that confidence within the team to count on each other to win. All right, Shane. So I think that's a very important comment Mullen makes here at the very end because while Florida's rolling, they're living the life, they're headed to the SEC championship game with a, just another win or two here. They've yet to have this kind of come from behind or, you know, th there's going to be a time. They're not just going to steamroll everybody. And we already saw it against Texas A&M. If, mm -hmm. if you go back to that game, they had the ball. They had an opportunity to win that thing, and they didn't get it done. That's probably the thing that ha that haunts Kyle Trask and this Florida offense more than anything else. And I'm not saying that if they get into another situation like that, they won't be able to handle it. But I like the fact that Dan Mullen kind of you know, points to that because that, that's what you just said when you were talking about Florida – uh, you know, just kind of not ha having that let down game. Yeah. Dan Mullins reeling them right back in. You know, we yeah. are we, if we, we have yet to win a game where right. the game's on the line and we got to make the play. We have not done that yet. That time is coming. If you want to win a championship and until you prove that you can do that, we still have a lot to accomplish. So uh, I think just Dan Mullen is really kind of, hitting all the right buttons for the Gators, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it, and it may be this game where they have to do it. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're right, man. And that's, that's the thing you gotta, you gotta eat that. You can't eat that rat poison, Mike. You can't get on there and just think you've made it because you're not. When you have 10 sec games or nine or eight or however many we're doing this year, you're still, you're, 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 you're having that one opportunity. And I think it helps because they, they didn't expect to lose to Texas A&M. They really didn't, mm -hmm. and and I think that was the tool that they needed for a game like this. Uh, the fact that they've already been there, they know they can't 
they can't read their clippings and say, you know, we've made it because you're not, you're not there at the top of the hill. You're still climbing and, and this team's got bigger, better things to do. They, they want to win. And I mean, you're in the driver's seat. You can win the sec. You can go to the sec championship. You could win it. You could make a, a playoff something that the Gators have never done. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot riding on this season and, and I doubt that they overlook them, but again, it's, it's, you, you got a team that, that's definitely not overlooking you. <laughs> hey, Shay. Well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. <laughs> so head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC. Over at mybookie.ag, thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code, that SEC. All right, let's uh, jump on down next to uh, Columbia. Will Muschamp met with the media here on Tuesday. And you want to talk about a team that may have wanted the week postponed. <laughs> Or not the team necessarily, but maybe the coach because uh, Will Muschamp and company, they're, we all know they're not playing too well. They just allowed 100 points in consecutive uh, the last two weeks here. So they desperately need to get their issues solved. And when your defense is struggling, Shane, about the last damn thing you want to see is Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral and this <laughs> Ole Miss offense come uh, – or it's in Oxford, so they got to travel to them. But – Man, this is uh, potentially a nightmare scenario where if South Carolina loses this game at this rate, I don't know if they're going to fire Will Muschamp you know, on Sunday or anything. I think, I think all those rumors of all that, we're seeing these tweets from guys with like 100 followers, it's done. <laughs> it's coming on Monday. You know, we, yeah. We've all been in that situation. I know, hell, we, I know you have being the Tennessee yeah. homer, but uh, those tweets are going to come hard and heavy if they lose this game. So uh, I don't know. What what are the odds that uh, – and if you missed it, we don't have any of the player clips, but players did meet with the media as well, and all of them, Shane, pretty pissed off, pretty fiery. They're out there. They want to win for their coach. They got his back. So just, you know, how does a South Carolina team go into a matchup like this when they basically know that the only way their coach is coming back it's got to start here on Saturday, and it's got to start with a win on Ole Miss. So uh, I don't know how much does that affect the Gamecocks going into this one. The seat is on fire, Mike. The seat is on on absolute – I mean, it is – it couldn't get hot. <laughs> I, I'd love to see the odds in Vegas on this thing. I probably should have put some money on it today. But <laughs> if you drop to Ole Miss – and that's what's crazy is Ole Miss is a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. It, they, they're, they're scary. It's not a team you want to face because that offense – is is electrifying the defense questionable but you talk to half the south carolina fans they don't they don't they don't view old miss as competition they view old miss as a team they should beat 
Mm-hmm. That that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, now there's other ones that you know obviously clearly listen to this pod or have have watched what Lane Kiffin's been able to do down there. They realize what they're getting into, but it's it's a scary team and it is also a potential job ender because if they if 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 Ole Miss gets away from this one and South Carolina's trying to keep up with the Ole Miss Rebels, I'll tell you what, buddy, next thing you know it's gonna be a thirty point game and yeah, he could get fired this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well let's kick it over to uh, Will Muschamp who he was asked about his players having his back and the the quarterback competition, where that thing's at right now and and why they're mixing it up. And then uh, he got peppered with questions about his job security and how Ray Tanner's <laughs> talking to him and all this. So uh, let's kick it over to Muschamp. Hey, Will, Nick Mills told us that he would take a bullet for you. First of all, have you ever had a player say that about you before? And what does it mean to you that your players – have your back to that degree and are just very supportive. Well, I don't think they'd say I was an asshole. You know, we got a game on Saturday, right? But, uh, no, you know, we have a a great group of young men in that locker room that, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate their support and I support them and we ride together and uh, we need to win a football game. That'll make everybody happy. in terms of uh, the quarterbacks, how have you seen them kind of respond and react to, to having that job opened up again? You, you mentioned kind of how they practice, but how have they sort of responded off field and, and, and I guess also on field with their energy and such? You know, Ben, I wouldn't say it any differently because both guys have been, you know, we try to try to create a competitive atmosphere all the time. And, uh, and I know Mike does a great job of pushing that position. And then having those guys be game ready uh, in all situations, you know, Luke is 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 always is really I wouldn't maybe for the last month, month and a half, maybe six weeks, has been getting the lion's share of, of reps of, at quarterback in his package and the things that we do, trying to bring that along, and we'll continue to do so. And Ryan and Colin have been getting the reps in what we're you know I guess you would say our mainstay offense and what we do. So, uh, but those, but it's been a very competitive uh, room on and off the field, in my opinion. And uh, and both guys, I think, are great for each other. Uh, both guys interact very well together. Both guys share information very well together. Both guys want South Carolina to be successful and win. And they both want to be the starting quarterback. Only one guy can play. Uh, but both guys are talented, and we can win with both. Yeah, well, two questions for you. I guess as the week continues, will you change reps, whittle down reps, if you kind of have an idea of who's going to start um, before Saturday? I don't think we want to make that decision until at least after uh, Friday's walkthrough. And I guess you've talked a bunch this year about the quarterback that's going to give you the best chance to win is going to play. I guess, how do you quantify that in practice? What do you go, what all goes into evaluating that? Well, decision-making at the line of scrimmage in the run game, decision-making at the line of scrimmage in protections, decision-making at the line of scrimmage of uh, – redirecting the protection, changing the play, uh, whatever the game plan presents itself, uh, completion percentage, being accurate with the football. Uh, we'll have a third down period tomorrow, which will be critical for the for both guys. Uh, we'll have a one-minute period tomorrow or Thursday. We haven't decided yet. Uh, that'll be critical for them, how they manage all of the things I talked about earlier in scout periods, crossover periods, and good-on-good good periods. So every play is graded. I mean, we do that. But that's not just now, Colin. That's been every day since we've been going and trying to create competition. And it's not just the quarterback position. We, we chart product, production on defense. Uh, we grade, you know, every day has a grade of, of a, you know, 
uh, offensive line-wise, running back-wise, whatever the case may be. But those are the things at the quarterback position we're looking at. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to evaluate that and grade those guys. Well, I'm sure people from the outside, they look at it and it's easy to just look at Colin Hill and just be able to blame him. But when you look at the big picture, of course, it's, you know, the drops, there's some other things going on. Why, why now? Why look at the decision to, to make a change now? I try to look, think back to your first year when you decided to make a change at quarterback when Perry Orth. And uh, so why now in terms of just what you've been seeing and, and maybe not a little bit earlier in the year? Well, I think that we'd been pretty productive earlier in the year. Uh, I, I didn't think we had, we, you know, we, we had more than 150 yards earlier than the year in a, in a ball game. And I think we lacked a spark uh, on Saturday to, to get things going. And sometimes the change up is at that position. Uh, that position can can affect more people uh, than, than any other position on the offensive side of the ball uh, with the way we're structured offensively. I agree with you. It's not all on that position. We, we need to play better around that position. We need to have more people step up at the wideout position outside of Shia Smith. We need to continue to take advantage of the tight end position. We need to run the ball better. And there's a lot of things. But we need a spark on offense. That you know, We, we averaged eight yards a play against LSU. We, we've done some really good things offensively in moving the ball. Uh, but uh, we needed a spark. And, and moving forward, competition hopefully provides that spark. Well, when you hear uh, uh, booze at your home stadium, and you, you know there's a lot of criticism out there right now. Does it, does it help kind of create kind of an us-against-the-world mentality around the program, both in the locker room, at practice, that, that kind of thing, to change the, the tenor of your preparation at all? It really doesn't. At the end of the day, it's, you know, I always tell the guys we can control what we can control, and that's our preparation and pre preparation for Ole Miss, which, which has got a good football team. So we need to lock in and focus on those things and block out anything, whether it's um, negative or positive. You know, at the end of the day, when, we, when you're winning games and everybody wants to pat you on the back, then that's – you know, that can be a distraction as well. Uh, Will, this week, have, have you had any uh, conversations with Coach Tanner about just kind of where things stand in, uh, in the state of the program? Coach Tanner and I talk all the time about where we are and what we need to do to be successful, and everything's been very positive. What kind of message did he have for you this week? Just been very supportive like he's been for the previous four years. Uh, well, with, with how things have gone of late, and I guess kind of the mood that seems to be settling outside the building, does does any part of you get worried about your own job security? No. All right, Shane. So you know things are certainly going sideways when you got about a month, <laughs> month and a half left in the season, and all the damn questions are, you know, how you fix this team? Are you going to be here next week? And has what's the AD said to you here lately? But uh, hey, that's going to be the narrative in South Carolina until. Will Muschamp turns this thing around, starts getting some wins, get the get the fans off your back a little bit here. But uh, maybe that starts with a quarterback change that that clearly is not going to help the defense, but maybe to help them play a little bit. Uh, you know, if they got a lead or or just it's kind of like uh, the same situation as at Tennessee when the offense is doing nothing, kind of demoralizes you on the other side of the ball. So any chance that uh, you know Halinski gets a shot and. Maybe that's the key, going up against a, a defense in Ole Miss. Whoever starts for South Carolina should have a really good day. Maybe maybe that's the spark they're looking for. Yeah, and, and that's the key. you got to have a spark. And, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's a catch-22. Could you imagine being in that situation, potentially coaching your last job and I'm, or last game? And I'm not saying but, – but this is the last time we see Muschamp in the SEC 
for a long time as a head coach if if this doesn't work. So it, it does worry me a little bit because you've got a, a quarterback clearly that they think is already ahead of Helensky that they keep rolling out, and, and he has shown that he can be productive. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. like he's he's had some bad games of late, but he's also had some really good games. Helensky can show you he's he was up and down. So does does he have the confidence? You know, he just lost the starting job to old Colin five knees. You know what I'm saying? It's just he, I mean, imagine his psyche right now. He's been on the bench the entire he's watching the same the same damn games we are. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's like, Oh, I'm not good enough to do that. So I just, that's one thing you got to watch when you're, when you have a, you put a young kid out and and then you pull him that, that changes things. So yeah, I'm a little worried about rolling Helensky out, but like you said, you need that spark, but, but do you, I don't know with this Ole Miss team, I I will say they have no problem scoring, Mm -hmm. but they do have problems stopping the run. And that's something South Carolina, I feel like, really has gotten away from. They need to make this game boring as hell. And they need I, I, they need to grab Mike Bobo and say, hey, you're gonna just going to keep handing it off because they can't stop it and we need the clock running. And because when Ole Miss has shown that they do little three and outs, uh, that's detrimental to that defense. It just opens up like a highway. So I think that's the game plan going in here is to be conserved. Not so much the quarterback situation. Uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me if you saw a little bit of a little more of Helensky in here because you you're again you're selling the brand you're selling the future but you're also wanting a victory mm-hmm. so it, it's a it's just like I said a slippery slope with this game. Well, let's flip to the other side real quick, Shane. Let's jump on down to Oxford. Miss. Where Lane Kiffin met with the media this week, but he really didn't have much to say. You know, this is a matchup, Shane, where Ole Miss has got to like their chances. They've had two weeks to prepare. And if you remember, wasn't that long ago, last time they played, I know it was against Vanderbilt, but Matt Corral, I mean, he was just lights out. I think he was like 36 or 39 for 500 yards. And I mean, it was ridiculous, the numbers he was putting up. And it wasn't like that was the only game he did that. I mean, when he plays like that, I know that's a that's a tall task to to ask of the quarterback, but he played like that against Alabama. They damn near beat Alabama. So, right. if he's able to do that in this one, I don't think South Carolina's got any chance to win. But the reason I bring that up, next game for South for Ole Miss after South Carolina is Texas A and M, who we mm-hmm. obviously we know they're dealing with the uh, COVID issues right now, and maybe that extra time, maybe it hurts them, maybe it. Maybe it stops that momentum. I know Ole Miss is certainly going to be an underdog there, but who knows? And then the next game is the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State. And all of a sudden, Shane, for Ole Miss, I mean, we're talking a string of games right here. If you can overlook how good Texas A&M is playing, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're talking a bunch of wins could be coming for the Rebels, but it's got to start here on Saturday. We got to find out what Lane Kiffin and these coaches were able to do during the bye week, but uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on how much is on the line here for Ole Miss just to just kind of get that momentum built? Uh, yeah, I, the momentum's important, but we just all we want to see is consistency, and, and I think that's the biggest part. Is if we can see a little bit more consistency in Matt's game, then I think that's what helps the most build in the future because he has shown again he is an elite quarterback. They have shown that this offense can 
can be unmatched or by by anybody. That's, I mean, he the hell they gave Alabama a run for their money. So I, I think that's the main thing is just the consistency, and uh, we see that a little bit more from the defense. Ole Miss is a scary team, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, final matchup, Shane, and we're get, we're cutting it close. I know you got to get going here, yeah. so let's jump on down to Lexington real quick. We're Kentucky. Now, they've obviously had two weeks to prepare for this Vanderbilt matchup. And mm-hmm. the thing there is who's going to play quarterback. Uh, that Georgia game was just an ugly, ugly game. I, I'm afraid to even bring that up with you because I know you lost money on it and you've been talking about it endlessly for two weeks here. So yes. I, don't want to, I don't know you don't want to go too much over the Georgia game, but here's an opportunity for Mark Stoops' program to get right on this offensive side of the ball uh, how big of a game is this for Kentucky, which, you know, look at the next two, Shane, at Alabama, at Florida. If somehow Kentucky drops this one, yeah, I mean, this is that's basically the season. We'll just pack it up for 2021. So I, I, there's a lot riding on the Wildcats for this one, don't you think? Oh, definitely, man. This is I, – I think that's the big one is, is Kentucky – because he comes out and he talks about it being the one dimensional team. He's right. And, um, they, they got to come out. They got to, they got to, they got to be two dimensional because it's out. The film's out. We know how to beat Kentucky. Now it's, it's stop the run and, and, you know, attack the defense. So I, I think that's, I think that's the main thing is they just can't get so predictive, which is weird because, you look at last year; it was it was tough to predict what they were going to do at times, and now it's just kind of I don't know. It's just kind of went to the wayside, and it, and I think it all starts with the quarterback situation too. So, mm-hmm. what what do you got to see from Kentucky? I mean, well, and here one thing I forgot to mention, Shane, Mark Stoops also announced they're only down to three offensive assistants, including mm-hmm. Eddie Grant. So they're I think they're all having COVID issues. So among the coaching staff at Kentucky. So you throw that in there. Um, so, I, I mean, this this is setting up to be a mess of a game. But I'll answer your question. Let's kick it over to Mark Stoops real quick. Talks about this one-dimensional attack on how they're going to pick a quarterback. And then the last time they were a big favorite in a game, essentially, they got worked by Missouri. So that's something that's still fresh on Mark Stoops' mind. The question is, is that they want to know, based on what they're seeing, is this offense a monolith? And if it is, uh, what do you do to address that? Is it a what, Lonnie? What was the last part? Is it monolithic? In other words, one, I guess one track, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's no denying that that we've been falling short in in the passing game. Um, you know, I've not denied that, and our coaches haven't. Players, we need to improve. We need to be more balanced. I talked about that coming into the year. Um, and uh, we haven't been as efficient throwing the ball as we need to. Uh, we worked hard uh, last week during the, the open week to, to go back and look at the things we've done well, the things we've done well in the past in the camp, and uh, try to continue to improve in that area. So that's what we're going to try to do. Mark, how will you go about making a, a quarterback decision this week? And, and then also, how do you balance – you know, winning now, but also preparing for the future, especially for the two young quarterbacks that you're going to need in, in bigger roles next year after Terry's gone? Yeah, it's, it, I just don't, as I mentioned uh, last week or maybe the week prior, uh, I believe it with you was you, John, who asked the same question. 
Um, but but I'm never going to uh, give up. The, the person who's going to give us the best opportunity to win right now is who we're going with because we're here to, to win games and what we're going to do. But that, there is a um, there is a balance there. I mean, I do want to see uh, I, I want to continue to to be fair and to be right to Terry. And um, if he gives us the best opportunity to win games, he'll be in there. And he did have a good week of practice last week. Um, with that being said, I still think Joey and, and Bo have great upside, and I want to see them. And it's it's difficult because, as as you see, every possession, every play, it's so important. Um, it's it's you know that position is unlike others. You know, at other positions, we rotate guys in constantly, and it's um, you know not an issue because uh, we need uh, to rotate and we need to get bodies in there. However, at that position, it's it's very difficult. It feels like if you're shuffling guys at that position, you're reaching, and uh, you know, and, and it's difficult because the flow of the game is so important. Every possession is so important. We're in a lot of close games, so uh, the, the, I understand the question. I think uh, there's there's um, you know it's it, it's difficult either way. Um, but again, I'm going to go with the guy that gives us the best opportunity to win on this coming Saturday. And, uh, you know, but with that being said, sure, I would love to continue to get uh, Joey some reps, and I'd like to see Bo in there as well. Hey, Mark, uh, <clears throat> how do you keep the guys from overlooking a team that's coming in as a 17-and-a-half-point underdog? I know that's a role that you guys have been in, so maybe that is a little bit of an advantage. Um, but then also, second part of that, what are some things that Vandy can do to really keep you guys on, on your heels? Well, you know, we we need to worry about ourselves and focus on ourselves. The last time we went into a game as a as as a favorite, we got our butts kicked uh, from the beginning of the game to the end, and everywhere in between, we got totally and utterly dominated. Uh, so we need to worry about ourselves and getting ourselves prepared to play uh, the best we possibly can. I was not very happy uh, with uh, the way we played. Um, again, the last time we were favored, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or where we were at in the season and what we were doing on the road, whatever. It doesn't matter. We weren't good enough. So, um, you know, our guys need to continue to focus on ourselves, our energy, our focus, our preparation uh, throughout this week and getting ready to play. And that's what I'm concerned about. I'm, I want to get better. I want to get better with every practice. I want to get better with every game. You look at this past game with Vandy, they had 478 yards to 200 against a, a Mississippi State team that can play some darn good defense. And, um, you know, at Mississippi State, it's not an easy place to go. And you can't bank on five turnovers. Um, so they obviously played extremely well this past week. And uh, we got to worry about uh, ourselves and how we play. So here, Shane, based on what Mark Stoops had to say, it certainly sounds to me like Terry Wilson. They're going to go back to him. Yeah. And – you know, this is probably going to be the last couple games of the Terry Wilson era, so I'm wishing well for him. But for me, what I need to see answered is I want to see them rely on this running game and give these running backs their opportunities because they're they're killing it. Uh, now, yeah. They've not been creative, like you said. That's been killing them. But it's been productive when they've, when they've stayed to it. Even if it's not working at times, uh, we've got to get that going. Even if it's Terry, if it's Joey, hell, even if it's Bo Allen, the true freshman, I want to see Kentucky make a commitment to the running game and get that thing going because 
I already said it. They're playing Alabama the following week. They're playing Florida the following week. They are not going to beat those teams airing it out. There's just no chance in hell. The only chance Kentucky's got is to establish the line of scrimmage, pound that damn ball, and hope the defense plays out of its mind and forces turnovers, which they have been able to do this year. So for me, for Kentucky, I've got to see them get that ground game going. It's got to start this week against Vanderbilt. I mean, what can you say about them? I mean, what can you say? What what can what can me and Mike tell you right now about this team that you don't already know? They're they're they've been a disappointment. They really have. They've been up and down. This defense at times looks fantastic. At times, it looks like garbage. The offensive front, the the, the line, the the running backs. It, it feels like at times they're the 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 best the best damn thing since sliced bread. But then <laughs> then it's like. We're we still we're still trying to figure out this wide receiver, this quarterback situation. I, I don't like the flip flop. You went to Joey. Keep it at Joey. Terry's not your future. Terry, this is we've already talked about 2020 being a damn uh, a tune up season for the Kentucky Wildcats. You're selling a brand. You're selling you're selling recruits right now. Nobody wants to play with Terry. And nothing against Terry. I love Terry. I've I've picked Terry football to to be a Heisman ten times. It feels like I've always <laughs> I've always pumped him up coming into the seasons, but clearly he doesn't have it. Joey, we don't know what he has. It felt like he was held back the last time we seen him. I, I just think you've already handed over the reins. Let's let him go. Let's let's let this thing loose. Let's let him grow. Let's let him build in this offense. If we're not if we're one dimensional, that's fine. We've got great running backs. We've got a great offensive line. We can lean on that. We can win with that. But you, there's going to be games when you can't, and you want a quarterback back there that can be a, a game changer, a deal breaker, and that's I, I'm a firm believer is Joey Gatewood. So um, uh, that's that's my thought on Kentucky. Uh, I mean, I can mm-hmm. sugarcoat it and tell you, uh, yeah, they they need to just keep doing what they're doing. But no, they don't. They don't. They need to try something different. And it felt like uh, last week was was a step forward when they played Georgia. Even as a game I don't like. Hell, look how close it was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that team gave Florida fits. So I, I think I I I I just think they need to they need to move on to the next chapter of their lives. Uh, I, I think half of them are already thinking about basketball. You know, I saw Rupp Arena got the floor done. The more people care about that than they do this damn quarterback situation. So let's let Joey play since they're not watching right now. Mm-hmm. All right, final update here, Shane. Let's uh, kick it on down to Nashville. Take it down. Where I feel, you know, pretty bad about uh, Vanderbilt last week because, damn, they had that game, Shane. It was right there. They're a limited team. They're playing a true freshman. But the the defense showed up in the second half. There were so many opportunities in that ball game against Mississippi State. But just once again, I mean, they're just haunted by these mistakes. And a lot of them were made by true freshman Ken Seals. And it's just, it's like a double-edged sword for Derek Mason and company because this guy's got so much promise. He's getting it done. He looks like he's going to be a future star in the SEC. But then, you know, he'll start the game with an interception. He'll have a potential game-winning drive. And, you know, it's not all on him. But And then he fumbles and they lose it. Or he throws an interception in the end zone. And But he they wouldn't have been near the end zone without him. So that's why I call it a double-edged sword and this is not a good position to be in heading into a matchup with a Kentucky team that has picked off a lot of passes this year, and they know what they're going to get with a, a true freshman here. That he's going to gamble. He's going to make some mistakes. 
So Kentucky, or excuse me, Vanderbilt, they're probably going to have to lean on the law firm. Kenyon Henry Brooks here, and uh, Mason talks about him in just a moment here, but uh, is that, what would be your game plan going up against this Kentucky team if you're Vanderbilt? Because, uh, like I said, you got a freshman quarterback that's, that's dialing it up, but he's also dialing up some interceptions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to look at the tape and see what's worked against them. And, and the two teams, I'm two games I'm looking at is the Georgia Bulldogs and, and Mizzou. Uh, I, I, in those games, they played keep away. They ran the ball. They kept the clock moving. They they gave little time for uh, them to figure out their offense. And so that's I think that's what I'm going to do if I'm Vandy. And I, I know uh, Ken's been coming along, but now you've got this running back here, the law firm. Um, I want to see him more involved. And I know it's crazy coming off a 200-yard ball game last week, but let's build off that. That that Do you know what 200 yards total offense from a running back does for your psyche of an offensive lineman? That's That's a huge win in their books. If if my running back can get over 100 yards, man, I'm getting my job done. The line's getting better, so uh, I think that's I think that's what we got to do is is don't let Ken make mistakes. You can't he, he can't make mistakes if you keep handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's kick it over to Mason real quick, Shane, who talks about the law firm. I'm not even going to try to butcher that again on uh, on dealing with the COVID and in such uncertain times, and then Ken Seals facing off against this uh, Kentucky secondary that's been uh, making so many turnovers this season. Yeah, Derek, uh, Keon has had a, a couple of really good games, both running the ball and catching the ball. At this point, do you feel like it's it's less of a committee at running back and maybe he's the guy that you can count on week in, week out to, to carry the load there? You know, I, I, I believe Keon's, uh, you know, been step, stepped up and played extremely well. Um, you know, we, we've got, you know, backs here, man, that have to continue to give us, you know, like quality production. And um, it, 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 it can't just fall on one guy, but, uh, like, if there's a guy who's leading the race right now, it's definitely Keon Brooks. And so since you guys have three tests per week, have there been game weeks where you had a depth chart or rotation set out on Monday or Tuesday and then had to change it midweek and then had to change it a third time before the game because of those tests? That's been every week. <laughs> to, to be quite honest with you, and that's been every week. Uh, you know, what, what you get on Tuesday is not necessarily what's getting on the bus or the plane or walking into the hotel. You know, I mean, you, 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 you worry about, you know, somebody waking up asymptomatic on a Saturday morning. And, 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 and how does that, you know, affect your roster? So, you know, like for, for, for us, um, in, in a place where we want to control, you know, every part of what we do, um, that, that's, that hasn't been available. So um, adapt and adjust, uh, you know, conquer what's in front of you, make the adjustment. And it's sort of what we've had to do with football. Just, just make the midstream adjustment and let's play the game. Kentucky's got some good experience this year picking off balls and taking them to the end zone. Uh, how much do you try to help Ken Seals kind of grow this week, work on the, the turnovers, and yet not make it, you know, try to try to thread the needle, so to speak, of improving his ball security while you're preparing to face such a defense? Yeah, I mean, that's – you know, that's a million-dollar question. You know, like for us, we're, we're going to continue to prepare, you know, I mean, Ken, the way we've, we've, we've moved, uh, which is making sure, man, that he can see, 
you know, his primary reads and his secondary reads. And you're know, like, what has to happen is that, man, it's got to be rhythmic. You know, I mean, in, in the passing game, a lot of it's based on timing. Um, you know, I mean, you got to be able to, you know, take your eyes, uh, you know, like to the, through the read progression fast. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, you're, you're waiting a little bit. You're holding on a little bit. I mean, you're trying to, you know, like – uh, uh, watch a guy get open instead of anticipate a guy get open. And when that happens, okay, being late in this conference is never good. Remember, the SEC has has some of the highest caliber, uh, you know, secondary and second-level players, man, that you'll see across the country. So, I mean, these guys are fast and quick, and you've got to anticipate. And what we saw last week with Ken, uh, you know, for example, in the red zone, you know, the red zone really speeds up your process. So, man, if you're going to be late, take care of it and throw it away. Instead, uh, you know, man, he, he, he waited, he waited, and then uh, he made an errant throw. And when you make an errant throw, teams in this conference will make you pay for it. So, you know, we, we have to continue to, you know, go through the growing pains of a young quarterback. But, uh, like, for him, he's just got to continue to understand the situational ball. Of, and if you don't like what you see, throw it away. If somebody is, is trailing your back, uh, man, and you can see it. If somebody's trailing your back on the screen, okay, man, you may have to, uh, you know, step to the sideline, get yourself out of the pocket, and just go ahead and dump it because, you know, like for us, possession is 10 tenths of the law. Okay, man, you can't score points if you don't have the football. Reading between the lines there, it certainly sounds like Vanderbilt's going to rely on that ground game, and that, that's dangerous because, hell, Kentucky can stop that too, but uh, that seems to be the only thing that's going to work going all the road against a, a Kentucky team that is looking for a win, and they desperately need it before they get uh, to these other Alabama and Florida games. So, I don't know, this uh, this is just going to be a tough matchup, I think, for Vanderbilt this week, don't you think? Yes, definitely. I, I, I do, but it, it's it's got to be the win. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 we say that every week, but it's, it's they got to. They got – it's not get, – it's getting harder. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, that was your shot last week, I thought. But – now you're looking at their schedule. It's like, man, well, I don't know. Tennessee's still on there. I guess they got that one. They could always circle, but <laughs> maybe they'll have it figured out by the time they play. But yeah, this is, I think it's a must win for both programs without a doubt. Um, yeah, clearly Vanderbilt is losing its opportunities to get an SEC win, but Kentucky, you drop a game to Vanderbilt, a, a team that, that hasn't beat anybody this year. Um, yeah, some, some, some things changed. If you remember last off season, Mark, he, he was rumored in some job opportunities. Well, you're not going to get rumored in anything when you lose to Vanderbilt. Mm-mm. No, without a doubt. All right, Shane. So, uh, Hey, that's all I got. It's nice to at least, uh, try to be positive on this, uh, difficult of sec weeks. I think <laughs> we managed to do that. We got to preview some games here that, uh, hope, Hope and pray they actually happen now that we sat here and talked about them. They probably, <laughs> that would be a damn shame. But all the ones I previewed yesterday are, are fucking gone by the wayside here. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I enjoy sitting here talking here with you, and I, I hope the fans got something out of it. Yeah, me too, man. And I, and I hate that we had to cut it off short. But, like I said, flying Hawaiian's in. He's waiting for me down here at the, uh, the old Mexican joint. So we're going to go drink some cerveza and talk about – how much football we're not going to have this weekend, Mike. Oh, yeah. And last <laughs> thing, I just want to say thanks for the invite, guys. Uh, I guess that got a lot lost in the mail there. but uh, Well, I mean, you, you, it's three out, a little three out. You know what? Come on. I'll wait. I'll wait for you, right? <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I'll just eat chips and salsa till you get here. <laughs> hey, sounds good. I'll be on my way. But, uh, hey, uh, thanks for <laughs> – last thing, real quick. 
Five-star review. Say it every episode. We made it this far. If you wouldn't mind going an extra step, we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. Send that on over to that secpodcast at gmail.com. Just sent about a dozen more today. So uh, thanks for joining me, Shane. As always, enjoy your Mexican food that I'm not invited to. Thanks, everybody, for stopping in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Bombs. I don't think so either, man. Sorry. I, I got a text message. I didn't hear anything you said there. Um, I said, they, what did you the, say? The fans believe, man. Even a game like this, they could come out of and win. Who, who we t- what team are we talking about? South uh, Carolina? Arkansas fans against Florida. Oh, oh yeah. Golly, sorry. I was way out there. One second. Sounds like a small machine gun back here, but for some reason the driver dryer is off its thing here. So give me a second. Or give it a second. Trying to hype up these games, Shane. That's that's my thing. I do. I know. I got you. And I'm about to be. I'm about to be your hot man. As soon as I stop taking fire here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever ha- you ever think of something and you're just like you can't get it out of your head till you say it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So going back to Sam Pittman, if they win that game, and I could just see, for some reason, man, this came across my head. I was like, man, this would be awesome if it really happened, you know? So the boys are, they win, they're going back to the locker room and stuff, and Sam comes in the living room and he yells at his wife, hey, baby, turn that damn Zoom call on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, okay, so uh, you may want to edit that out or something, but thoughts on that. Sorry, man. What'd you say? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, let's see. Okay. So, all right. I'm listening. Dude, I got a gambling problem. I, I know. Got this boost. Yeah. And it's like, you might need to uh, turn that thing off. I, I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. Sorry, man. I was like, well, maybe he, maybe he will win the Masters. I don't even know who this cat is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I figured if we're not going to have college football, I might as well prepare for golf. So, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Kentucky on the law firm. The law firm. Yeah. Fuck, I can't say law firm.